Welcome to episode three of this podcast is a joke. We are in the heat of NBA free agency right now. We've got big names out there like Carmelo Anthony, Blake Griffin, Rajon Rondo, LaMarcus Aldridge. Shit's going crazy. If this was 2014, the world would be stopping just wondering what these guys are going to do. Instead, they're so washed up, the Brooklyn Nets are debating signing them. Shit, let's get into it. Speaking of Carmelo, he recently came out and said he thinks that the Nuggets should retire his jersey. Yo, listen, listen closely. Listen closely. That's Jokic's number. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's like, imagine the Nuggets going to Jokic. It's like, hey, we need that number back. We're going to retire it. It's not happening. Maybe you can retire number seven as a, an honorary type of thing. I do think number seven is iconic because of Melo. Like, Melo is known as number seven. There's a lot of numbers that are like that. And I, one thing that's always bothered me about LeBron... Well, not bothered me, but... That's a strong word, but I wish LeBron was number six for his whole career because I feel like number six would be so iconic because of it. It's like, dude, 23 is already iconic, iconic, like leave that shit for Draymond. Like let, we all know Draymond is the real number 23. So just stop, dude, really. I'm going to give an early pick for MVP, even though I don't do this type of shit. I want Bradley Beal's agent. Give this man the MVP. Bradley Beal becomes the 10th player ever to have a no-trade clause, joining Braun, KG, Mello, Dirk, Kobe, D. Wade, Duncan, David Robinson, John Stockton, Tim Duncan, not Duncan Robinson. Get his ass out of Miami. This contract also includes a 15% trade kicker and a player option in year five. Yo, his agent deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for this type of shit. This is a flex. His agent just walking through that Wizards facility like Randy Marsh with his nuts in the wheelbarrow. That Bradley Beal contract is crazy, but still not as crazy as Carmelo wanting his jersey retired in Denver. How are you going to force your way out of somewhere with a trade and then want your number retired? Imagine if Kevin Durant was like, oh... I want my number seven retired in Brooklyn. Shit. Maybe there's something with players number seven and forcing the trade. Let me see who's even been number seven. Players that will, that were number seven in the NBA. Oh, yeah, and I realized that I guess number six could be iconic because of Bill Russell, but he's so old that all we have is black and white footage of him playing. I don't think anyone's... Out here walking around as a Bill Russell super fan, but with Bron Bron, he'd have every he'll have everybody repping that number six shit. He was in Miami. Players that wore seven NBA. I feel like I've been trying way too hard with this podcast today, so I'm just gonna say fuck it and just talk about random shit, and not give a fuck. Keep restarting and re-recording. What? Yo, I need a list of the best players, not these random ass players. Best players. Bro, it keeps showing me seven footers. Yo, that's crazy. Imagine being seven feet tall. 
<laughs> everywhere you have to go you have to just duck it's like it's like um how they have to modify buildings for handicapped people they should start putting like a seven footer sticker it's like oh this building is safe for a seven footer you won't leave here with a concussion because you hit your head on the ceiling so many damn times pete maravich pistol pete he's pretty good but again he's too old no one will recognize that shit I don't think he ever demanded a trade. So this is just a KD and Mellow thing. Yo, do you guys think Kevin Durant is actually going to get traded? At first I did, but these past couple of days I've been leaning towards the Nets are just going to keep him. They'll never get a player as good as Kevin Durant. And their, their demands are getting way too high. Like I think they really, really expect a fair trade for Kevin Durant. But you can't get that. You don't trade a superstar and get equal value back. It's very, very rare. Although, I think the Thunder did get great value for Paul George. And Houston got great value for James Harden. So, maybe that's not the case. I guess you can't get immediate returns with trading a superstar. Because unless you're you're swapping him for another superstar, you're going to have to slow burn that shit. You're going to have to wait. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to go through the process. I feel like I just said I was going to look something up and I don't remember what it was. I, f I freaking ate an, an edible before I started recording this pod and I think it just kicked in. But yeah, I think the Nets are expecting too big of a return for Kevin Durant to the point where it's just going to halt all these trades. And the Nets are going to be like, oh, Kevin, let's give it a try. We can't find a trade because... It's being reported. There was a report that came out from Chris Haynes that the Nets went to the Timberwolves and tried getting um, Ant, Cat, and like five picks. That no team is gonna give that much up for Kevin Durant because you might as well just not do it because KD and the rest of the Wolves roster is not really enough for a championship. That's why um, I talked about how I won't give up Bam Adebayo in a Kevin Durant trade. And that's because if you give up Bam, I don't think the Heat have enough to win a championship. So you might as well just stick it out with the current roster. And Bam is young and has potential to get better. I think Kevin Durant has reached his petite, his petite, has reached his peak and there isn't much elevation left in his game. Well, I shouldn't say that, but most of the elevation has already taken place. I think Bam has a lot of room to grow. Shit, even Kevin Durant recognized Bam's work ethic when he, he had an interview when he was talking about who stood out to him most during the Team USA's run. He, he talked about Bam's work ethic. Like I really do think Bam is one of those guys. He just keeps getting better every single season. So I'm not... So I'm not including him in a Kevin Durant trade. I really want KD in Miami, but you have to keep enough of a roster to actually win. Otherwise, you're gutting the franchise for what? A fucking conference finals exit? If you're going after Kevin Durant giving up a bunch of assets, you need a championship. And I think a lot of teams are going to look around the league and realize that when teams are giving up these hauls for players, it tends not to work out. It hasn't really worked out. A team that has a lot of assets is going to take this risk. 
It sucks because I think Golden State is in a really good position to take a risk on Kevin Durant because they have a ton of assets to trade. Really good young players, lots uh, a couple of draft. I think they have a good amount of draft picks. I think the Thunder are also in a great position. I would like to see this the Thunder trade for Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant got traded to OKC and brought that young team to a championship, I don't think you could ever say anything negative about KD leaving to the Warriors again because that's like solidifying it. Just like I think people don't really slander Braun that much for leaving for Miami after he went back and won a championship for Cleveland. I think that's kind of the legacy fixer, I guess. Even though KD doesn't says he doesn't care about legacy, but that's like a, the cure-all pill. Like Once you do that, all else is forgiven. No one will really talk about that. Instead, they'll just talk about how good KD was on Golden State and how unstoppable that team was. I would really love to see KD back in OKC. They ha- the Thunder have like 15 picks in the next like five years or some crazy shit. They could definitely do it, and they have enough good young players to where they can offer one maybe or two and still have a good core. Anywhere but Golden State, man. Back to free agency. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. This whole situation is really is really surprising to me. You've got a good first overall pick like Ayton and you're refusing to give him a contract extension. He he just helped you reach the NBA Finals not that long ago. That's not worth a max extension. DeAndre Ayton has become the second player since 2008. To not get a, a extent the hold on let me rephrase this, DeAndre Ayton has become the second first overall pick since 2008 to not receive the rookie extension. He's next to Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett is probably the biggest draft and bust in NBA history. DeAndre Ayton does not belong next to him. You could make an argument that DeAndre Ayton did more for the max extension than Zion. Like, mostly Zion's extension is based off of potential. He did have a really good season when he was healthy, but he has not been staying healthy. That might be more of a risk at a way higher contract, too. Like, I don't think Ayton is eligible for as much as Zion got. Let me check that. Max extension that... Aiton is eligible for. His agent and him basically said that they they want the extension and the Suns aren't giving it. Max extension Aiton is eligible for. If I had Aiton on my team, I'd want him extended for sure. Eligible for... uh, Let me see. Looks like he's eligible for a five-year, $175 million contract. That is a bag, but you drafted this guy number one overall. It's like, what can you do at this point? If Zion, with his incentives, his contract is up at like 230 for five years. That's a crazy, crazy amount of money for Zion. If I had Zion, shit, I'd take that risk too. You can't even, you don't even want to let Zion sniff free agency. If Zion left the Pelicans for the the Knicks, the Pelicans will never recover from that. 
Zion is a generational talent. I think he had the best shooting percentage season of, of all time when he was healthy with like 69% pause. But that's crazy. But give eight in this shit, man. This is this is definitely worth it. How how much better are you going to get from eight? Are you even going to get better from trading DeAndre Ayton? Who are you going to get that's going to come step up and fill that role? Maybe you could trade with the Pacers and get Miles Turner and try and get them to throw in Buddy Heald. Miles Turner is a beast on defense, I will say. Aiton's defense is all right. Maybe maybe Turner could come in to be that anchor. I wouldn't mind Turner getting traded to Miami too. I'm not going to lie. He's nice. But I definitely think Phoenix should keep Aiden. There's no way this guy there's no way this guy belongs next to Anthony Bennett. It's not even close. If the Cavaliers had Aiden instead of Bennett, LeBron could have probably gotten another championship in Cleveland, like seriously? Anthony Bennett if the Cavaliers didn't miss on a lot of those draft picks, LeBron could have probably came back to a dynasty in Cleveland. They only got lucky with Kyrie. The rest of that shit was just misses. That's why it's not really fair to say, oh, LeBron shouldn't have left my shouldn't have left for Miami. Like Cleveland wasn't the shittiest run organization ever. They literally got in the lottery every single year when LeBron was there and went for like 1 for 10 on the draft picks. What was the Andrew Wiggins draft? Well, I think they traded him. I can't remember. I can't remember if they traded the pick or the player. Because I think it might have been LeBron might have had announced he was going back after the draft, if I can remember correctly. Where is this draft? Oh, shit, Joel, I completely forgot Joel was there. Oh, my gosh. The Cavs are so dumb. You could have put LeBron, well, Joel wasn't really healthy for his first couple of seasons, so I don't know how realistic that would have been. Be That would have been. So I think maybe Kevin Love would have been a better move than that. But can you imagine if the Cavaliers drafted properly? Properly, how much better Cleveland could have been for LeBron? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Aiton. Dude, extend this guy. This is ridiculous. I was watching Undisputed, and I don't know how much I trust his source, but Skip Bayless reported that uh, Little Wayne, who was sitting courtside in Phoenix for Game 7 of the Western Conference Semifinals versus the Mavs, heard the head coach, Monty Williams, tell Aiton, you freaking quit on us. While essentially benching him in route to the Suns getting their teeth kicked in by the Mavericks. Normally, I don't really trust Skip. He, some of the stuff he says is kind of just like doesn't make any sense. Like I remember a while ago he said that uh, Victor Oladipo wasn't playing, wasn't in the Heat's rotation because Jimmy Butler didn't like him. And I actually kind of fell for that one because it was after like a really bad Miami loss. And I was like, shit, why is Oladipo not getting minutes like he's really good and he proved how good he was versus the Celtics like he was all over the place on defense he was stepping up when the heat really didn't have any other offense to go to but yeah and then in the press conference Jimmy and Oladipo were like oh I guess we don't fuck with each other huh and just hugged that shit out and I was like bet 
after that, I never trusted. Well, I never, I should never should have trusted Skip in the first place. But that was wild. But on this situation, I do trust him because Skip Bayless and Lil Wayne are close friends. They've done multiple interviews and like podcasts together. So I don't think Skip would just make that up and use his name. He could have just said an anonymous source if he was going to make that shit up. <laughs> I wonder how much shit just gets made up under the guise of like anonymous source. Like, if you can just say it's anonymous, then you can just make up whatever. Whatever. <laughs> That's crazy. But I also feel like Lil Wayne doesn't really have any motivation in lying about this. Because him and Chris Paul are close friends and he was rooting for the Suns. But a team I think that should go after DeAndre Ayton is definitely the Jazz. You got to get Donovan Mitchell some help after you traded away Rudy Gobert and uh, Royce O'Neal. If you guys don't know, Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell are like good friends. They're close. Um, I think Donovan considers Royce like his best friend on the team. So for the Jazz to dump him, they gotta they gotta do something to fix this. They gotta definitely do something to fix it. Last year they had Hassan Whiteside as their backup center. He's currently a free agent still. But it's looking like they'd have to resign him and have him as a starting center. That isn't really a playoff team in my opinion. So you need to give up some of those assets for Rudy Gobert and trade them to the Suns for Aiden. You can't give up exactly what you got because Aiden for Gobert is not a good swap. Like I would keep Gobert because of his defense. Even though I think their offense produ- offensive production is somewhat the same. Rudy's kind of a dinosaur on offense not even gonna lie he's mostly there because he's a big anchor on defense is locking down the paint but if you could slide two firsts and see if the suns bite on that i mean there must not be that big of a market for Aiden because they would have gotten this done already unless they're just waiting out to see what happens with kevin durant but shit where could i see i could see i could have seen Aiden going to the mavs but they've already got McGee and uh, JaVale McGee and Christian Wood. That's a nice f- um, front court. I'm not going to lie. I think I heard that JaVale McGee has in his contract that he's a... Well, not that he has it in his contract, but they told him he's going to have a starting role when he signed. So that would mean either Christian Wood is coming off the bench or playing the power forward. I don't know how I feel about that. Christian Wood is... I mean, shit, maybe. You got Luka, so the floor is going to be spaced out enough. You still, you've still got um, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming back from injury next season. You've got Kleba. They've got some shooters still. They're straight. They could play, they could play the, those big guys. But the paint would be a little crowded. So, I don't know. Luka would have to adjust to that. I don't think he's ever really played... With like a dominant big man like that. Who were his big men? I'm trying to think. Oh. Yeah, because he played with Porzingis. And Porzingis, say what you want about him. But he can't space the floor out. Like if he goes out there behind the three-point line. The defender is guarding him there. Because he can shoot it. He can shoot it for sure. So. I think Christian Wood is a okay three-point shooter. Let me check his percentage. But I do like JaVale McGee. I wouldn't have liked it. I wouldn't have minded him on Miami. Miami did nothing, bro. This is pissing me off. 
What did he shoot? Like? Oh yeah, he shoots about shot about thirty nine percent last season with fi- almost five attempts a game. So yeah, he could space the floor. Shit, surprised I didn't know that. He put up good numbers last season. This was kind of a fleece. I w- I wouldn't have even minded the Heat getting Christian Wood. I think they just they could have given up more, but they're waiting out for a big free agent. Free agent. I think. Christian Wood wants to be like an all-star type player. I don't know if you can do that with Luka. They might be like Shaq and Kobe. That'd be nuts. Even though Christian Wood is more like a Lamar Odom type of guy. In the same draft as Aiton, Jaron Jackson Jr. signed a four-year, $104 million contract with the Grizzlies. Memphis is committed to him long-term. The Suns are just... Not interested in committing with Aiton long term. I mean, maybe the contract they feel is too high for DeAndre Aiton. But if you're an organization like Phoenix and you've kind of been stuck and you can't really break through and win a championship, even with Charles Barkley, you couldn't. You've got CP. You've got Devin Booker. You got to maximize that now while you can. And you can always trade. Hopefully, you could offload Aiton later on for some picks. But I guess there isn't that much interest in him around the league or else something would have been done by now. Someone else would offer... Oh, well, I guess they could just match it. Shit, that might be another thing they're waiting for. Because he can't get as much with another team as he can with the Suns. And I bet you they would they would sign that contract that the other teams can give. But yeah, back to free agency. Colin Sexton is still available. This is like another good young player becoming available. And I think it's both are because of contract negotiations. I think the Cavs are holding out to let Sexton test the market. And then they can get him back for hopefully cheaper if if they think that there isn't that much interest around the league. Which I don't think there is. Because again, same thing with Aiton. I think a move would have been done by now. But... Like these are conf- like these are somewhat confusing because most of the other free agents are like James Harden, they're gonna stay with the team, or like Montrez Harrell having off the court issues, Blake Griffin getting a little older and not what they used to be. But Sexton is someone who just averaged twenty four a game and unfortunately was out most of the twenty one twenty two season after suffering a left knee meniscus tear after only playing eleven games. Maybe Cleveland is scared of the injury, but I don't really think there is a reason to be. He's only 23 with a big upside. I do understand somewhat the risk of injury, but I'm going to quote a study from study about meniscus tear recovery that was done by the American Journal of Sports Medicine. While one in five athletes never returned to play another NBA game after that injury, those that did Generally, those that did return generally got back to their pre-injury playing level. This was based off a calculation that weighed athletes' points, rebounds, fouls, and turnovers in the seasons right before and after the injury. I think Sexton will bounce back from this and will be a great pickup for about $20 million a year. Another guy I wouldn't mind in Miami. Yeah, I wouldn't mind anybody just do something, Pat. 
It doesn't have to be KD. It doesn't have to be Mitchell. It can just be some good, solid role players. Does anyone else feel like that? Like, just, like, getting frustrated at their team just doing nothing or doing the wrong things? I wonder how Knicks fans feel about Jalen Brunson's contract. I've seen that he was the only player to get a $100 million contract that's never made an all-star team. I got a homie who's a Knicks fan. I might I might get him on the pod to talk about that. I feel like that might be an interesting topic. Knicks fans and their frustration. How are you going to make Mitchell Robinson the only player that the Knicks have given extension to after their rookie contract in like 28 years, bro? Mitchell Robinson. You couldn't even give that respect to R.J. Barrett. Like, nah, Mitchell, you got to wait because we're going to make sure we get R.J. Barrett signed up first. R.J. Barrett is is not as bad as people like to make it seem. I definitely would extend him if I'm the Knicks. You cannot fuck that up. And now, who knows what cap spaces they have. Imagine if Brunson just, like, falls off a cliff next season. That would be typical Knicks shit. Typical Knicks moves. Massive over overpay because they're desperate. If their owner wasn't such a douche... They could have had KD and Kyrie, although I don't know how much they would even want that right now. But, shit, it's better than Julius Randle, so I don't, I'll leave it there. Did Knicks fans actually believe that they were going to get KD, Kyrie, and Zion? Imagine the hype. There was so much hype about that. I would hate to have get that excited just to end up with nothing. That's why I'm keeping my expectations about the Heat getting Mitchell or KD very, very low. Like, I think it's a chance of me going to the gas station right now and winning a million dollars off a one dollar scratch off ticket. Same odds, in my opinion. But we got the Summer League going on. I might talk about that more next podcast. I kind of want to let the Summer League develop a little bit before I start talking about it. I think it was funny to watch. Everyone overreact about um, Chet Holmgren having a good game. And then I seen yesterday he was like getting bodied and bullied in the paint. I'm pretty sure the OKC mayor tweeted, tweeted some wild shit. Wild shit. I gotta look this up real quick. OKC mayor tweet. I bet it's so crazy it will just pop up right away. Mayor David Hall. I think this is him. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't think so, actually. Oh, yeah, he did. He tweeted, I will not overreact to a summer league game. And he put that sentence four times. And then said, um, with like, Kind of like the thing that means that you're doing it, I guess. (laughs) Clears June 2023 calendar. So that's crazy. You know what happens in June, right? The draft lottery. Joke's on you. You probably do need to clear your calendar for that. Okay, C will get to a finals eventually. Just be patient. Be patient. Not next year. Let them young boys develop. Got some bucket getters. What other free agents are available? Dwight Howard. I really like Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard when he was in Orlando. 
Yo, he beat LeBron to get to an NBA Finals. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough. And you win three straight Defensive Player of the Year awards. And it's like you're lethal on defense. Like, you actually are just locking everybody up. It's not like an undeserving type of shit. He deserved it. And you leave him off the All-NBA 75 list or whatever. That was bullshit. You cannot put Anthony Davis over him. You cannot put Dame over him, in my opinion. There's about 10 players you probably couldn't put him over. I don't care what people say. Winning a conference is is an accomplishment. It's not the ultimate goal of a championship, but it's a lot more than not doing it, I guess. Winning a conference is like, okay, you didn't win a finals, but you won a conference. We need to start discussing that more. Maybe that will happen with these new um, conference finals MVPs that came out. People will talk about that shit a little bit more. But yeah, when Dwight Howard was playing against the Heat in the finals, I I thought he was, bro, he was so annoying to root against. He was just getting in everyone's face and just talking a bunch of shit. Yo, Javale and Dwight had a good had good roles on that Lakers team. Like they definitely played a played a part in that championship. Role players really do be the key. Sometimes they can be the keys to winning and losing. It's not just about the best couple of players. You need good role players to step up to like shit. Shout out Birdman. It's his birthday today too. Happy birthday. But he was like uh, one of my favorite players just because he'd come off the bench and have like so much energy and excitement and just like light everything up. Like the fans used to go crazy for Birdman. And that and that's wild that you have LeBron and Wade, but Birdman is coming in and the fans are just going nuts. It sounds like I'm over exaggerating, but dude, I just like as a as a Heat fan just watching that, I just loved Birdman. Matt Mike Miller was nice too. You got Shane Battier. Miami had a nice, really nice roster around LeBron and Wade. For those two championships, like Shit, you could consider Ray Allen a role player, and look what he did. Hit the biggest shot of all time. That's a role player. Pat Riley built really good teams around LeBron, and I don't think any other GM has been able to maximize LeBron as much as Miami did. Miami definitely got the most out of LeBron of anyone else. Loki should have stayed there and give Pat Riley a chance to rebuild the roster. I think he could have ended up with more than two more rings. But that's a topic for another day. But yeah, Dwight Howard. What do you, he got he got about 6 points last game last season, 6 points a game. That's not really good. I think it might be time for him to wrap it up soon. When you get older, you got to get more tough like PJ Tucker and just like want to fight everybody. But uh, off free agency for a bit. Uh, one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is how much better the West is going to be next season. If if the teams can stay healthy, the West is really freaking deep. I'm about to pull up the NBA standings right now. Okay, so it went it went Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavs, Jazz. Okay. Out of out of those first four teams, I'd probably say th- 
I'm thinking three of them are going to get better. Because the Warriors' young players are, go- are going to continue to get better. I know they lost uh, Gary Payton the second, but I still believe they'll get better. I think Clay will get more comfortable next season. He'll have a whole offseason to work on it, work on his game. I don't think he's had that for a little while. The Mavs had a Christian Wood, so they definitely got better. The Grizzlies are going to get better just like the Warriors because they're so young. The Jazz have gotten worse. The Nuggets will be better if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. can stay healthy. The Timberwolves have gotten better. The Pelicans will be better if Zion can be healthy. They're going to have a whole season with C.J. McCollum. Brandon Ingram will, will continue to get better. So, out of the out of the eight teams that made the playoffs, only two of them, I think, are going to get worse. That would be the Jazz and the Suns. The Suns, because of what they're going to do with Aiton, and because Chris Paul is only getting older. But then you've got the Clippers in the ninth seed. They're going to get better because they're healthy. Again, this whole entire take is based off health. The Spurs, they're tanking. They're out. But the Lakers, they could get better if AD stays healthy. I don't know what they're going to do with Russ. I don't know if they're going to end up with Kyrie. But the Kings, uh, they're the Kings. The Trailblazers, Dame will be healthy. I think the Thunder and the Rockets will be better. So out of the four teams in the, 14 teams, 15 teams in the West, I really think four, I really think only four of these teams actually got worse off this offseason than last season. That's crazy. And this isn't going to be something that's going to reflect in their records because they play they all play each other so much that that um the records won't be improved as much as I think the conference has improved. The games are just going to be so competitive. I really am praying for a healthy NBA season this year. I've been saying that for a long time. A really, I thought this playoffs was going to be a healthy one. And then bodies started dropping and people started getting hurt. I'm like, fuck. No injury basketball would be great. But in the East, I think the Heat have gotten worse. I think Boston's gotten better. I think the Bucks are kind of the same. The 76ers have gotten better. The Raptors, I haven't really seen much. The Bulls added Drummond, Dragic, so they've gotten better. They need health, too. They need Lonzo to stay healthy. The Believe it or not, the Nets have gotten better. I think if they keep KD and Kyrie, then they've gotten better. Because they'll have KD all season next year. They'll have, hopefully, Ben Simmons. They got MJ Bubba Warren. They got Royce O'Neal. They did lose, they did lose Bruce Brown. So that's a loss for them. They still have Seth. They lost Andre Drummond. But they have Claxton. So. But yeah, I'm going to keep going down. Uh, in the 8th seed, the Hawks added DeJounte Murray. They've gotten better. The Cavs have gotten better. The Hornets. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. But yeah, the Knicks. Actually, I think they got better. The Wizards are getting Beal healthy, hopefully. Interesting to see what the Pacers do. The Pistons have gotten better. Pistons got to have a nice little young team. They could be a playoff team in like three years, I think. But they're the Magic. I just, the Magic have a lot of young players, a lot of a lot of um, potential. But they just, I'm not trusting anything that goes on there. 
They're like the kings of the East. NBA's looking real competitive. I love when there isn't a clear favorite. I'm not going to lie. I really don't get how people bandwagon and jump from team to team just based off on just based off who wins. I think following a player is different than that cuz like if you're following LeBron around, LeBron isn't always going to be the favorite. LeBron has actually been the underdog a lot more than he's been the favorite. I think even doing that with KD, like if he went from Golden State to the Nets uh, to root for KD, I don't see that as bandwagoning. I just see that as you don't really have a team, you have a player. A lot of people will slander that, but I actually understand. But just don't claim like Golden State and KD because that's just crazy. Because I remember Steph was at the Barclays Center uh, giving the Nets buckets and getting MVP chants. So maybe the Nets do have a lot of Golden State's fans. Maybe Golden State has a lot of people that were KD fans. If you're a Thunders fan, would you want Kevin Durant back? I think you would definitely have to take him back. To me, that's like a, a great redemption arc. I said this earlier, but... Like, when LeBron left Miami, I was not at all upset about that. Like, I completely understood. You came here, you won two championships, you got four finals appearances in four years. You did your job. I know people hold that uh, press conference where he's like, not one, not two, that type of shit against him, but I don't. Like, LeBron was young, kind of. He was excited. D-Wade was there, Bosh. Just went a little bit over the top, but I don't think that was ever realistic expectations. Especially because uh, D-Wade couldn't stay healthy towards the end. Like, his, if D-Wade had great knees, who knows how, could, how good he could have been. Because he was really, really great at his peak, like, dominating. I'm still upset that D-Wade never had won an MVP. That one year, I think it was like 2006. He, no, it wasn't 2006. I think it was 2009. He averaged like 30 points a game. That year, he could have won MVP. I think LeBron won it over him, too. Kobe should have more MVP, speaking of that. A lot of times, people get bored of giving the MVP to the same person over and over. Like, there's no way Jordan should only have five. There's no way Bron should only have four. I think he has. There's no way, bro. There's no way Shaq should only have one. Yeah, it was the 2008-2009 season. D-Wade got Miami to the third seed. Played 79 games. Averaged 30 points on 50% shooting almost. Shit, bro. D-Wade was crazy in his prime. 7.5 assists, 2.2 steals. D-Wade is an elite defender. There's no doubt about that. 1.3 blocks per game. You can't tell me these aren't MVP numbers. Even even grabbing five rebounds. Let me look up that MVP race and check who won it. I think it was LeBron. Yeah, it was. I knew it was. Kobe got it over Wade. Kobe was even over Wade. So it went LeBron, Kobe, Wade. LeBron had 20 win shares that season. That's crazy. Kobe should have been overweight in the MVP votes. Whatever. 
You can't be mad at LeBron getting it. I find the narrative that LeBron isn't a scorer is the craziest, dumbest thing ever. How are you going to say he's not a scorer when he averages like 28 points per game for his career on like 53% shooting? Like, how is that not being a scorer? Oh, because he doesn't shoot it. Because he drives it. Dude, that's part of the game. Giannis is a good scorer. I don't don't care that he can't slang it from three. He's an effective scorer, and that's all that matters. He averages 27 for his career, so I was a little bit off. And he shoots 50.5%. So that was off, too. But last season, LeBron gets 30 a game. Eight rebounds, six assists. Wow. You're 20, bro. I really think LeBron can play at least three more seasons at this level he's at right now. As long as he doesn't get injured, I feel like LeBron is never really going to be out of shape. Like, the dude is so jacked. He's so conditioned that I just can't see that happening where LeBron is just gets slow or out of it. He does slack a little bit on defense, but that's what good scorers get to do anyway. So when you average 30 points a game, people aren't expecting other players in the league to be a two-way player averaging 30 a game. Like People don't really expect James Harden to lock up on defense when he's out there scoring 36 a game in Houston. LeBron gets held to a different standard than other players. It's kind of crazy. Like, I get holding the finals losses against him, but getting to the finals, like, ten times in a row is a good accomplishment. I'm not trying to hear all that. Oh, but he's four and six. So what? So what? He won the conference. He can't do everything himself. But uh, off of LeBron, back to free agency, kind of. I want to talk about how this Rudy Gobert trade has really fucked up the trade market. Like, when a team comes in that's really desperate and overpays, it completely resets the market. And now everything is up. Like, you really think that the Nets are going to look at that Rudy Gobert trade and not expect 10 picks for Kevin Durant in return? At least. They're so delusional in what they're going to what they think they can get for Kevin Durant they're starting conversations with Bam with Booker with Tatum they really want to have a star if they're going to move KD it's not it's not going to happen although I do think that the Wolves would be willing to trade Cat for um KD but to me that that's like a like you're only going to include a pick or two nothing more than that because Cat, Cat is good. I wouldn't just give him give him away with a massive overpay for Kevin Durant. But, I mean, this team just did overpay for Gobert. So, I don't even know if they ha- would have any picks left for KD. Imagine KD and Rudy Gobert on the same team. Like, KD, after the loss, is like on Twitter trolling somebody. And Rudy Gobert is crying and touching microphones. And the Jazz fans are just sitting there being, never mind. Never mind. I won't even get into that. But yeah, the the Wolves completely overpaid for Gobert. It was, this was a move of desperation. To me, this is like the Cleveland, Bla- Cleveland Browns 
giving that contract they gave to Deshaun Watson. It's like a desperation move. And um, about that football for a sec. I know this is an NBA podcast, but I definitely want to expand this to like other shit. Like I would like to talk about football, even though I don't pay attention to it as much as I do basketball. I do know a little. I could, de- I would definitely pay more attention to it specifically for the podcast. Which that's definitely what I'm going to do with the NBA this season. Like I'm going to eat, sleep, breathe NBA to cover it on this pod. Like I'll watch every game that I can. I will study the shit just to talk about what's going on. I definitely want to have an informed opinion when I when I'm talking about shit. Even though this is a podcast and it's like more laid back type of content, I definitely would like to have educated opinions. But back to the shit. But the Browns definitely overpaid for Deshaun Watson because they were so desperate. Like for all that Deshaun Watson has going on, you give him that contract, bro. I just don't get it. And that's a, that's even though Rudy Gobert has never done anything i'm assuming that uh, deshaun watson is being accused of i'm not going to talk about it here but you can just google his name and you'll see it deshaun watson that is but rudy gobert he has some people have issues with him on the court but i've never really heard anything off the court about him besides the microphone shit and so but that's a massive overpay like once you've once a team has given up four picks for rudy gobert the trade the trade package requests are going up. Like everything's going up. You're not going to see that and then give away give away KD for 3 picks. That'd be like lunacy. But that's what uh, the Knicks did with Brunson. Like once they gave him that much money, it's like if you know you're a player who's better than Brunson, you're going to want a lot more than that. Like, if you look at that contract and compare it to Aiton's, it's like he got a four-year, 110-mil deal, but you don't want to give Aiton a five-year, $175 million deal. I mean, I guess someone could argue that Brunson is better than Aiton, but I wouldn't. Maybe Aiton, maybe Brunson on his own team will look like a complete bucket getter next season. I'm not entirely sure, though. He was balling against the Jazz without Luka. So that's going to be interesting to see. But some teams just have it. Like, the Knicks have cap space, and I guess the Suns feel like they need the cap space for something else. I don't know what, though. I mean, they have almost... I'd say Aiton is a little more effective on is more effective on offense than Jalen Brunson. So you'd basically have to... How much per year is he getting paid? Jalen Brunson contract. I think next podcast, I'll talk about the craziest um, free agency signings in NBA history. Like the most groundbreaking and shocking. I definitely think Paul... um, Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers was up there. Like, that one was... People were not expecting that. Like, I remember at the at the time when news was leaking, it was like Lakers maybe staying with the Raptors. Like, I don't think really anybody thought the Clippers. That shit just came out of nowhere and just was like a bomb. That was impressive that Kawhi could keep that under wraps. 
Like, the whole time they were trading for Paul George, too, and giving up, like, a big package for it. So, it looks like he's getting paid about $25 million per year. And I'm pretty sure Aiton's contract would be about 32 per year. Maybe 33 But, like I said, is a kind of a big increase. But you drafted this guy Aiton number one overall. You're really just going to let that walk? Well, I guess you're not going to let it walk because you're going to get something. You can match the contract or get assets in return. They definitely would need a center to replace him with. If the Jazz could get... Wait, yeah, if the Jazz can get eight, and I'd definitely try to get Crowder to replace the loss from Royce O'Neal. But first, they'd have to even get Aiton. I'm trying to wrap this up soon, I think. I'm at almost 50 minutes right now. If anyone has actually listened all the way through, let me know. Because I definitely appreciate that. And shout out Mass Goated. And shout out my boy Kawhi Universe, who's been supporting the podcast heavy. He's he's really been a day one for real. I appreciate all the support. It helps me grow. And I'm going to get better at this podcasting shit. Topics will roll off more. have more content to talk about once the season starts. I'll try to I might try to like break down games and do like a nightly recap of that what's going on in the NBA. But I'm gonna see about that. I definitely want to keep grinding and do everything that I can and keep like pushing myself to get better and better. That's what we all gotta do. Just just go after what you want. Don't give up. Don't let anyone stop you. Like even if three people are listening to this podcast, which maybe not even three, but I'm still going to record it. I'm still going to drop it. I'm still going to grind on it just so I can get better at the skit, the I guess the game of podcasting, just so I can improve my skills. It's like when Kevin Durant said, "I'm not chasing the championships. I'm chasing the I'm just trying to work on my game and improve." That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm not chasing views. I'm not chasing any anything like that. I'm just chasing my I'm chasing myself essentially. I'm trying to be my best self. That's what I'm chasing. But what else is there? Off of basketball, I guess I can talk about music. I need some good summer album to drop. Like a good summer rap album. Last year, um, Nas's album, King's Disease 2, was that for me. I think it dropped around August, if I can remember correctly. But that I had that shit bumping in the summer. I don't really feel... I'm not really feeling a summer summer album yet hopefully travis scott drops soon who's even rumored to be dropping rappers that are dropping soon j cole's out j cole's off season has been the summer album for me so far actually i've been playing that a lot which you wouldn't really i guess maybe you wouldn't think of that as summer music but it has been for me Maybe Cardi B will come with a summer summer album, I guess. Uh, Beyonce, but I don't really listen to that type of shit. Nothing, bro. I can't think of one one artist who's coming. Maybe Joey Badass will have a summer album. 
All American Badass by Joey Badass. All American. That sounds funny to say, but All American Badass by Joey is like one of my favorite rap albums ever. Like that shit came out in the spring. That was a summer album for me that year. I think it was 2017. But that album was fire. Ring the Alarm is one of them. I can't believe people used to call Jimmy Butler um, a locker room cancer. That was like the that's the most ridiculous take I've ever heard, and people still have that opinion. Like I've talked to people online and in person that that are like really like set in that opinion. How can that be the case if Joel Embiid is having a press conference after getting bounced by the Heat, talking about wanting to play? with jimmy again like if he's such a locker room cancer why would he want that like he was right about what he may have said about ben simmons what he met well i think it was more about cat than wiggins what he had the issues with in the timberwolves i don't think it was about wiggins because i think they're like close well not close but they're cool I think it was about Cat. There was that one game where Jimmy and Cat were talking shit, and Cat said something about Rachel Nichols. That was hilarious. That's real trash talk right there. No NBA news drop before the pod. While I'm on the pod, I haven't watched the Big Three. I wonder how that shit is. If it's worth even worth watching. Someone hit me up and let me know if you if you watch a big three and it's cool. I definitely need more basketball to cover on the podcast if this is going to be a basketball podcast. I think more as I get, as I develop more as a podcaster, I'll think I'll try to incorporate the WNBA or like college basketball or the G League maybe. Something else. Like I need another league to be interested in. Probably going to start with NFL once football picks up. I'll try to do that a little bit. I'll always talk about music on the podcast for the most part. I'll try to get over some news, although I don't want to talk about like too much sad shit. I want to keep the energy good on this podcast. I want this to be something that people can listen to for entertainment. Is like Because that's how I utilize podcasts. Like I listen to the Joe Budden podcast mostly. I'd say that's my favorite shit. And like I'll, some days I'll just listen to that and like just laugh my ass off or like feel so engaged with the podcast what the conversation is but yeah i i definitely say that's my favorite pod i think that's about the only one that i consistently listen to besides like sports shows and shit i always try to watch some sports shows clips just to understand like what's the narrative and what's the popular opinion going around and just see what the NBA community is discussing today. Because I, I, I definitely need to check Twitter to see like what's relevant. So I don't talk about some like irrelevant shit on my page or on this podcast. Um, What else is there? I don't think there's much else. But seriously, for the MB- MVP next year, I definitely think Luka is... Like, every year it feels like there's a narrative for Luka, and it's just not close enough yet. So I just think if I keep saying Luka, one of these years I'm going to be right about it. So, Luka for the MVP, but it's always Jimmy Buckets for MVP. Like, that's what my heart says, but my mind is like, nah, it's going to be Luka eventually. Giannis could literally get the MVP every season. Like, what did he do last year that wasn't better than his MVP seasons? You can't just tell me that the league has improved that much. That he, I wonder where did he rank? 
He had to be second behind Jokic at least. Oh no, he was third behind Joel. Joel, I can't really say anything about that. Joel had a really good season, and like for Joel, it's like how much better can you get from that? Like, is he ever gonna be able to win an MVP? He had a really good season. Me personally, I would have had Joel and Giannis over Jokic, but whatever. Damn, Devin Booker was in third. He should not be over Luca. That's crazy. The Rosen was here. Even LeBron got a vote for fifth place. Only one, two, whatever. A different episode I definitely want to dive more into uh, the Western Conference and which teams have improved and how they've improved and what I think they're going to do next season. Because I feel like there's just so much depth in the West right now. Like every team is going to get better if they can stay healthy. The Nuggets, the Clippers, shit, the Mavs got better. Dame will be back. The Pelicans with Zion. Like, it's really going to be a dogfight out there, and I'm hyped for it. I'm really hyped for this NBA season. I think there's a lot of interesting stories to watch from the 76ers with Harden, the Nets, what they're going to do, how the Jazz are going to move on from Rudy Gobert, what the Suns are going to do with Aiton, how Luka and Christian Wood are going to fit together, what is Zion looking like, is he a generational talent? One of the most exciting players we've ever seen in the NBA history. How will John prove? How many bodies will he catch? Giannis just doing the same old 30, 10, and 5 type of shit. What's going to happen in Miami with if they don't make any roster adjustments? Can Jimmy finally have one of those healthy seasons? Does Jimmy even want to play like 75 games maybe go after the mvp because i really feel like if jimmy did stay healthy and could average like 25 7 and 7 with miami as a one seed he would definitely get some consideration for mvp because everyone knows how much well not everyone apparently because of the topic i discussed before but most people understand that jimmy butler is a great leader and i feel like that doesn't really get acknowledged that much in the media but then I heard it start to get acknowledged after KD requested a trade there because people were like, oh, that's Jimmy Butler's culture. That's Jimmy's team. Jimmy's the leader. It's like now you talk about this, but before it's like, no, he's a locker room cancer. He's not shit. But now it involves KD. You want to hype him up as this big leader. I hate when people do that in arguments. It's like, um, how do I explain this? It's like they big up something that they don't agree with just to prove a different point. Like they're bigging up Jimmy even though they wouldn't do that just to try and discredit KD if he was to go to Miami. And everyone said Jimmy can't lead. Most people say Jimmy can't lead a team to a championship victory. So how will KD get discredited for that if he takes them over the top? I feel like if the Warriors never actually won a championship before KD went there, people wouldn't really slander him like that. Yeah, they won 73 and yeah, they went 73 and 9, but if they can't break through and win a championship and you're the guy that goes there and breaks them through, you definitely deserve a lot of credit. But because they had already broken through and they did break through after, it's like, okay, you won a championship there, but they've also won with they won without you, with you and then without you again. 
So I feel like um, that's a different situation than what's going on in Miami because they can't break through and win the championship. So KD going there, how is that going to discredit him? Yeah, it's not his culture, but it wasn't LeBron's culture when he went there. D-Wade was the guy. Everyone knows that. Pat Riley was was there. Eric Spoelstra was a good young coach. Like LeBron wasn't setting the culture there from what I can understand. No one brings that up when it comes to LeBron. Like, LeBron is known as a great leader, and that's because he is. But in Miami, that wasn't – it wasn't his It wasn't his team. He took it over for a couple years, but really D-Wade was the guy there. So I don't understand how KD going to Jimmy Butler, who's not D-Wade, and taking that team over the top would be discredited – Would how that could use to discredit. How that could be used to discredit him at all. But full full disclaimer, I am a Heat fan. So take everything I say right now with a grain of salt. Could be completely biased or off. But I just feel like they need the media needs to keep that same energy when it comes to that, this type of stuff. Like if you're not going to praise Jimmy as a good leader before, don't do it right now just because you want to prove a point. Like I think that's like fake and it's bad debating. I definitely would love to have someone on this pod to debate with and bring and help bounce stuff off of each other because it's it's definitely hard doing an hour long podcast by yourself. I'm not even gonna front, and I'm only three episodes in, so I'm hoping I keep getting better and better and better, which I will. I'm pretty sure I will if I keep grinding. I definitely have some people in mind that I would like to bring on this pod, but I want to get it off the ground by myself first as like a challenge. Because what I hear from other podcasters that it's a lot easier to do a podcast with multiple people rather than just yourself. Like, I've heard academics say that. I've heard Joe Budden say that. I definitely fuck with academics. Academics and his podcast, Off the Record, is another one that I listen to a lot. I'm trying to be like the academics of the NBA. No cap. But I think I'm going to wrap it up right here. I'll be back soon. I just I just um, realized that I think I'm going to try and drop episodes every Friday morning and Tuesday morning. And then just do like filler content throughout the week. Like maybe like a short 10 minute episode. Uh. Or like um, just like a 20 minute quick get my thoughts, get some thoughts out of my mind and get some shit off my chest. I definitely sh- want to shoot for an hour. I think that's a pretty good length. But if you listen through, let me know, like, do you like the hour? Do you think it should be longer? Do you think it should be shorter? When I at, when I get video set up, which I'm definitely trying to have video set up, I'm going to start releasing short clips on Instagram just to try to drive some traffic and, like, create some hype and shit. Because I realized with the other podcasts, like, some shit that I said, I was, like, 40 or 50 minutes in, and I'm like, damn, is anyone really going to make it this far to even hear this good take or joke or some shit that I had. So I definitely want to be able to utilize clips to get, to get that shit out. But yeah, if you listened all the way through, I really appreciate that. Uh, Definitely hit me up and let me know your thoughts, like what you liked, what you didn't like. I'm always open to constructive criticism. I really appreciate that shit. I'll be back. Peace.